Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God in this Thanksgiving season. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this comment, but I think I have to make it just so that we can be aware of it. I have observed this year, more than last year, that our commercial world has, in our country, there's a shift that is taking place in that it seems as though in order to make profit, Thanksgiving is being stepped over right into the next season. Have you all been observing that? Yes. Let's not do that. Let's take time to thank God and appreciate the season. And after Thanksgiving, then we prepare to celebrate the birth of our Lord, our Christmas season, though we don't know the exact day or month. It's just a healthy tradition. But take time to thank God for what Thanksgiving represents. God's word, God's truth, God's church, God blessing us, blessing us as a nation, blessing us with his word, freedom of worship. Let's take time, slow it down, and take time to thank God. We don't have to follow the world. The world will do what it has to do, but we God's people should Remember those things that are healthy, and this is a healthy practice. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. And we'll begin from verses 11. Of everything that we can thank God for, the greatest that we can thank Him for is death. We have to thank Him that Christ has taken all our sins, all that separates us from God. He has moved it out of the way. And he has nailed it to the cross. And so nothing separates us now from the love of God. That ought to be our greatest reason for giving thanks. And when we give him thanks for that more than the material things that he gave us, or even health itself, that should then lead us to tell others that Jesus also died for them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and thanks, dear God, and we ask, God, that you will bless us. Bless us through your word, O Holy Spirit, 
Thank you, Father. Move, O oh God, and give us understanding. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 11. The devil will always be trying to bring a man-made religion into God's church and in our lives. And we have to be mindful of those things. We have to be mindful not to get caught up in tradition. There is something in the flesh that appeals to tradition. Tradition will not save us. Man-made religion will not save us. Practices within the church coming up with our own ideas of what we should do, regulations, those things will not save us. And even within Christianity, from the early church and right up to even now, and I would imagine in the future, until Christ returns for his church, that will continue to happen. We are who we are because Christ moved out of the way. He took care of our sin problem on Calvary Street. And we must always look to the cross. Colossians chapter 2 and verses 11, it says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. And Paul is writing here and he is saying, look, there is a covenant in the Old Testament, the Old Testament covenant of God's people to be circumcised, identifying themselves with God in that covenant relationship. But he says, Christ, we have a new circumcision. It's based on what Jesus did on Calvary Street. And we are buried with him in baptism, verses 12, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the benefits of Calvary becomes ours. That's what salvation is all about. And we have to be mindful of that. When we go out to evangelize, what we are saying to the people in the world, to unbelievers, we are saying to them that humanity has a sin problem. But Jesus, who is Savior, came and he solved our problem. He went to the cross to take care of that problem, and he did. And what we have to do is exercise our faith. God has given us this great gift. It's called faith. We have to believe that Jesus did that. And sometimes that, the simplicity of that gospel message becomes a stumbling block. Just to believe and to confess that Jesus is our Savior, becomes a stumbling block. Some people may ask, is that all I have to do? Yes, because Jesus did it. Because Christ paid that price for us. And you were being dead in your 
and you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of the flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. That's our greatest reason to be thankful. Thank you, God, that you have forgiven me of my sin. Think if you could, we could not say that this morning, that God has forgiven us of our sins. A question came up this morning. Why is the church silent? Why is God's church, Jesus' church, not telling others that Christ is your Savior? It is because when the church ceases from being thankful for Calvary, we have to stay and, and reflect on that and be thankful that Christ has saved us. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which is contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, we cannot make ourselves righteous. There is no self-righteousness. In our Christian life, saints, think of that. We will always have problems. And we have to bring each of those before the Lord by faith. And that faith has to get back to Calvary because of what Jesus did. And that should then lead us to live for Christ. Within this passage, it begs a question. What is the benefit of my faith? Eternal life. And now that I have eternal life, what am I supposed to do in this life? We're supposed to share our faith, faith with others. So that they can also benefit from what Christ provided. For Jesus did not only die for us, but he died for the world. As the scripture says, he became the propitiation for us. He paid the price for us. But not only for us, but for the whole world. The question is, do we really believe that? When you walk around and we see people that are not saved. And we say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Do we believe that that person is supposed to go to hell? Do we believe that that person deserved to die forever and ever? In that place called hell that the Bible says was designed for Satan. Do we believe that? And the Bible says, no. Christ nailed their sin to the cross. But they have to hear that message. But the very fact of saying, thank you, God. We have to thank God for Calvary. Jesus nailed it to the cross. We should never get into this situation where we're always bringing our problems before God. Until we die, we're bringing problems before God. And thanking him for solving our problems, our earthly trials and storms. And neglect 
to be truly thankful that Jesus nailed our sins on Calvary. And not only for us, but for the whole world. A true thankful heart is a heart that will say, Dear God, as I'm thankful to you, help me to speak out and to live for you. That is true thankfulness. There is no selfishness in in being thankful to God. Christ disarmed principalities and powers. He made his public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. In our Sunday school class, the question came up this morning. It is obvious that in our country, the church, and even our nation, there has been a shift, a decadence, a moving away from God's holy, godly standard. And yet we know that as we pray and live for Christ and teach his word, there can be change. God is merciful. And why can change happen? Because that shift took place because we are wrestling against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. But look at what Jesus did. He disarmed principalities and powers. So as we ask the Holy Spirit to use us to pray, we see our young people struggling today. Even within the church, they're struggling. Their minds are so polluted. They're not accepting just on the basis of faith what God is saying on his word. What he has said in his word. And we know it is spiritual warfare. We know the battle is not flesh and blood. We know they're not the enemy. But look at what Jesus did. He disarmed principalities and powers. That's what he did on Calvary Street. And when we are thankful, we have to thank God for that. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding festival or new moon or Sabbath. There are people who will try to impose some type of self-righteous religion upon us, even within churches, instead of depending on the Holy Spirit, who would lead us to have a heart of compassion and love and care for others. In absence of the Holy Spirit, this self-fleshly, man-made religion will grow and faster, and it will destroy the church. This is what is happening from within because it draws attention to people and to a system instead of the person of the Holy Spirit. And this is exactly what happened back then. And God is referring, the scripture is telling us, which was a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ and referring here to the Sabbath. And all of the practices that God instructed them to do, those things that were just a shadow of Jesus that he would come one day. And we don't have to step back into, those, into that time anymore. We have a new relationship with God and it's based on faith. Faith in Jesus. 
If we cling to those things, we will be cheated. Let no one cheat you on your reward. Taking delight in false humility. There is no room in Christianity for folks walking around with this kind of pious look. False humility. Drawing attention to themselves. Such foolishness has no place in God's church. We are saved by grace. The Holy Spirit gives us grace to continue to live for Jesus. We don't worship angels. Nowhere in scripture God wants us to worship him. He's a jealous God not to worship angels. Angels are ministering spirits. I see people have angels all the time. Yes, God sent his angels to protect us and to guide us and to help us. All those things are very clear in scripture, but never to worship angels. No one has a personal angel that you should call upon to, to worship. And it's God is the one who sends his angels. Intruding into those things which he has not seen. Vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And not holding fast to the head, that is Christ. For whom all the body of nourished and knit together. Joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Nothing should replace our focus on Jesus. Amen. Nothing. No institution, no man, no concept, nothing should replace Jesus. We have to search our hearts and ask ourselves, have I replaced Jesus? Have I replaced the cross? The flesh will always want to bring something that sounds attractive. Something that gives some sense of satisfaction. Just as by faith we receive Jesus, by faith we have to walk in him. Just as by faith we trust Christ nailed my sin on the cross, by faith we have to believe that his comforter, the Holy Spirit, is inside of us because at the moment we believe in Jesus, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. So many people today are following institutions. They're following churches. They're going in because it's a large, beautiful building. They get your sense of spirituality because of that. And their eyes off the cross. They're thankful more for the, what the building symbolizes. It symbolizes prosperity and fame. Identity and fleshliness. Instead of Jesus. The true church is one that will labor. Labor to evangelize. Labor to pray. And labor. To disciple. That's what we do here. We make disciples. By the grace of God. We do it God's way. We teach the word of God. 
And we tell others, yet everyone has to make a choice. You have to choose. You have to choose to say yes to the Lord once you're a disciple. You have to choose to go out and evangelize. We're young and we're at age now. Some of us, some, most of us are older, but what we could do, we can't do anymore. But the younger ones are coming in and they're coming through the discipleship class. And that's what we have to do. And we have to pray for them. What our nation needs is more souls to be saved. More souls come to Jesus. It's the more the salt and light of the church will exist in our country. And the more we will have hope. It's the more that our, nations, our nation will be preserved. Let's not lose sight of this message. On this Thanksgiving season, oh, we can be thankful for so many things. And I am by no means standing here saying, don't be thankful for the blessings that God blesses us with. I'm thankful for health. I'm thankful for God's provision. I'm thankful just this last year when the wind damaged the roof of my house so severely. The shingles were all over. I'm thankful that God provided that I got a new roof. Thankful for that. Thankful a water leak in the basement that destroyed a whole portion <coughs> of the ceiling. Thankful that someone came and repaired it for free. Don't cost for everything. I'm thankful for those things. God made a way. In the church, we are thankful for so many things that we continue to thank God for. But listen, saints, none of those things should rival. Thank you, Jesus, that you nailed my sin on Calvary Street. I think, speaking to the times in which we live, and I appeal to you, and I know that you agree with me because you indicated that this morning. One of the reasons why Christians are skipping over Thanksgiving is because they're thankful for the material things and they're not thankful for Calvary. But here at Suvland Road, we're thankful for Calvary. We're not thankful for more money to buy things that we may not need. We just want, we're thankful for Calvary. When God gives us things so that we can exist, so that we can go and tell others about Calvary. That's the only time that life makes sense. That's the only time it makes sense. And when we bring our problems before God, we say, God, thank you for solving them so that I can live to tell others that you paid the price for them on Calvary. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Yet those who will come with all kinds of system, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Do all these little things and you will grow spiritually. 
everything they want you to do other than tell others about Jesus. Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When we hear the word of God, we go and we tell others about Jesus. Which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrine of men. People will always come up something. Follow me. I am your leader, even in the church. Look at me. My commandments. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. You have friends and families involved in so-called churches. Tell them, get out. It is wrong. That person didn't nail your sin on Calvary Street. Jesus did. We follow Jesus. These things indeed, they have an appearance of wisdom. It appear to be all wise. In self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglecting the body, which are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. There are some who may even say that you have to inflict upon yourself some kind of penance. God says, move away from all those things. For us to live is Christ. We are thankful to Jesus. We sang a song this morning, Live Jesus High. We live Jesus and Jesus higher. We don't live regulations. We don't live an institute. We don't lift up an institution. We lift up Jesus. We don't lift up ourselves or pride or what we think. We lift Jesus up and Jesus only. Back then, they're faced with this circumstance. Back then. You think today, almost 2,000 years, the devil will let up? The same thing he is doing today. So many folks, and you might know some people, maybe relatives, maybe you are, at one time you belong to that. Connect with some so-called church. Big fancy building, fountains in front, a lot of wastage, millions of dollars wasting, identifying with the group. Forget Jesus is a, is a heart. Listen, we can't lift a boat. The Bible says, as we read this morning, those things will perish. They will perish. They will perish. We search our hearts and we say, Oh dear God, Help me, Lord, O oh, Holy Spirit. And only the Holy Spirit can help us yes. to impose some type of self-righteousness upon ourselves. And the only way we can be safeguarded from that, matter of fact, the only way we can experience true humility 
is when we look to the cross. Because when we look to the cross, as we saw in God's word, we see that Jesus nailed. When I look at the cross, I see Jesus, Father, you nail my sin on the cross. You destroy principalities and powers for me on Calvary's tree. There was nothing I could have, I could present on the table and say, oh dear God, here is some kind of little righteousness here. You did it, Lord Jesus. And for that, dear God, I am so thankful. I am so thankful, Jesus. And you did not only do it for me, you became the propitiation, not only for us, as the scripture says, but for the whole world. The whole world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. God, thank you for your word. Jesus, thank you for Calvary. Thank you, God, that when by faith we believe that you are our Savior, we are born again. Thank you, Jesus. That not only we are saved by faith, but God, thank you, we are living by faith in you, our risen Savior. Thank you, Jesus, that you have set us free from regulations and self and man-made things. Thank you, Jesus, that for us to live is Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that when we die, we will gain eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Was left.